What you're about to hear is the pilot episode for a new podcast from Mecco Radio. To know whether to or how to continue with this project, we'll need your help. The first link in the show notes will take you to a brief survey. Please fill it out after listening to this episode. Thank you for your help and enjoy the show. You're listening to Light on Light, and I'm Corey Trediak. In this podcast, we're exploring the way our bodies, our language, and our world revolve around light. Today, we're shedding light on circadian rhythm. It's your circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythms. You've probably heard of circadian rhythm. The sun goes up and down. You feel awake when it's day, and you feel sleepy when it's night. To help explain circadian rhythm, how artificial lighting affects it, and what we can do to support our sleep cycles, we're joined by Sarah, Greg, and Edward. First up is Sarah Morgan. Sarah's worked all over the world in the lighting industry. Right now, she helms Nanolit, based in Vancouver, Canada. Her company focuses on circadian supportive lighting technology. This technology is very likely to be used in space, trying to replicate the benefits of the sun on future missions. It is our body's evolutionary link with the sun. You know, that's at a very macro level description. Uh, On a more approachable perspective is the sleep-wake cycle. And the sleep-wake cycle is linked to the sunrise and sunset. When it's dark, we sleep. When it's light, we're awake. As a result, every organ in our body is aligned with that sleep-wake cycle. And so our circadian rhythms are responsible for the function of every organ in our body, every chemical release, every hormone release within a 24-hour cycle. So we wake up with the sun and go down with the sun, right? But you might be thinking, I'm an evening person, or I like getting up before the sun. Like with anything, it's a spectrum. When it comes to how we live in relation to the sun, it's called chronotype. Here's Sarah again to explain that. Yeah. So late phase, early phase, and so on. So there's early rising, yeah, late rising, and so on. We know that teens fall asleep later and wake up later, you know, leading to some countries starting school later. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that impact our chronobiology throughout our lives. You know, I'm a 5 a.m.er, but to be honest with you, I became a 5 a.m.er after reading about the impact of the sleep-wake cycle and decided that I would become a 5 a.m.er and I'm in bed by nine, but my brain is functioning so much better. I'm more rested and so on. So, you know, you can entrain your body to be addicted to smoking or entrain your body to be addicted to sugar or caffeine or, you know, you can also entrain your body to make healthy choices. I am by no means perfect and I have plenty of naughty habits, but now that I'm aware that I can actually entrain myself, meaning small shifts over a long time can result in those major changes that have a positive impact on on my health. We'll be right back to this idea in a second, but first, in future episodes, we'll discuss light and justice, film, darkness, farming, and so much more. But in order to make those, we need to know people want the show and what they want out of it. To help with that, we've linked a survey in the show notes. It'll take just a few minutes and give us an idea of who you are and what you're looking for in this podcast. It's nice and short. Don't worry. Leaving reviews and sharing the show is a huge help too. Okay. Thanks for your help. Back to the show. Our chronotype as a refresher 
is basically whether we're a night owl or early bird. It's our body's relationship with sleep as it pertains to time. Maybe you get tired around 2 p.m. or can stay up till 6 a.m. with no problems. Before the break, Sarah was saying we can train ourselves to be a different chronotype. What I gather from this is that I might be a night owl now, but maybe five years from now, I'll be a morning person. This could happen because of changes in my work schedule, or it could be more deliberate. Of course, this all revolves around quality sleep. If I sleep poorly, of course I'm not going to be a morning person. Well, I can only answer from an experiential, from, uh, yeah, from experiential anecdote that it's all about choice. It's, it's about little incremental changes. To talk about habits related to sleep, we brought in Greg Yetter. Greg is an electrical engineer and the inventor of the bedtime bulb, a top-selling low blue light bulb that's great for helping people get ready for bed. The rules of bedtime light exposure are in the last couple hours of the day, I usually say at least one hour and up to three hours. You want to reduce the amount of light that you're getting and reduce the amount of blue light that you're getting. So you have to think about all of the sources of light. So this could be the illumination in your house. It could be your television, or if you're like me, I tend to work pretty late. So a lot of it is in my office, the desk lighting and the computer. These are all sources of light that can affect our sleep. It's not just about reducing light at night. It's also about getting light in the early part of the day. Get bright light in the early part of the day. So ideally in the morning or early afternoon, you wanna go outside, take a walk, If it's the cold winter, at the very least, sit next to a window, a bright window where you're getting that sunlight, because that's really going to help tell your circadian rhythm, hey, it's daytime now. You might be wondering, what about night workers? Doesn't that mess with their circadian rhythm? This is where Edward Bartholomew comes in. Edward's career focuses around the delivery of quality lighting. Edward has worked a lifetime in lighting, starting first in theater lighting, but also working for manufacturers and utilities, his career is focused on delivery of quality light. Now, Edward runs his own lighting design firm, Edward Bartholomew Lighting. Here's Edward Bartholomew to talk about darkness and what shift workers can do to improve their sleep. A quality darkness at night um, or during the day if you have to work that shift, but coming home to a quality darkness and you can truly have a, a restorative type of environment, that's really, that's key too. I think in many ways, I think we're moving toward a prescriptive approach to lighting that can absolutely work. You think about our Fitbits and things like that. They can tell us a lot about what's going on. But you can imagine the data that they're, they're getting from our bodies um, can be directly correlated to what's occurring with the lighting that the body is receiving. And so getting out in the morning at, say, 9 o'clock in the morning and bathing yourself in good quality spectrum light, that's one of the things that can be... You could see that on your watch. You could say, I need to get outside. So those things can be correlated directly to our bodies. Uh, you know. So I think that's what we're going to get closer to, a kind of prescriptive approach. If the technology will allow it, and we have science that backs it up, that's a natural thing. And that's something that immediately has economic impacts. People will invest in that. So to sum up, we need good sleep. Doctors recommend seven to nine hours a night of sleep. Get up in the morning and get some sun. And if you work nights, make sure whatever room you're sleeping in is a great place for sleep. Make it dark. 
While darkness can't undo the damage done from sleep disruption, it can help you get back on track as fast as possible. We've had a lot of fun making Light on Light. Light is endlessly fascinating to us, and we've already got a ton of ideas for future episodes. But in order to make them happen, we need your help. There are three things we'd ask you to do. They're all free, and they'll only take a few minutes. First, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think, and give others a good look at whether or not they'll like the show. Second, share the show with someone you think would be into it. This might be someone who's into science, technology, visual communications, or maybe they just need a new podcast for their commute, now that they have a commute again. And third, there's that survey we have in the show notes. First link on the list. Please fill that out. It'll only take five minutes and will help us decide our next steps with the show. Thank you for your help. Podcasts are a lot of work, but having supportive listeners like you goes a long way.